today on It's Time. That's boldness that I really believe we as Christians today need because we realize when you're in the power of God, even a frog is a weapon. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. Good morning. If you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Exodus, chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8, as we deal with the second plague that God brought upon the land of Egypt through the hand of Moses. And there's a lot of interesting things here as we look at it. You know, God used Moses to represent him to Pharaoh. And God uses us to represent him to an unbelieving world. God brought plagues upon the land of Egypt to cause them to repent. God is going to bring punishments upon the earth during the tribulation period to get men to repent. And it is interesting that God, because he's merciful, didn't just hit Egypt with the very last plague, the tenth plague, where the firstborn of all of Egypt died. But actually it was graduated with the hopes that Pharaoh would repent. But God said his heart was hard. The more miracles that God did, the harder Pharaoh's heart got. The more miracles that Jesus did, the harder the Pharisees got, hearts got. And we find this even in Revelation as well. So when we look at this, we realize it gives us a little insight of how God will use us, I believe, in the days that we live. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we just ask you that you would give us that wisdom that comes from you and that we would handle ourselves properly in a world that's contrary to your spirit. And so now may you just bless, anoint and touch every ear that's listening. And God, may these things reside in us that we will know how to face the challenges of the days to come in Jesus name. Amen. You know, it's one thing the Bible says to fall in the hands of a living God. What that means really is that the power of God is really that overwhelming part of life that people cannot really come up with in themselves to uh, counteract. Uh, In other words, when God is dealing with an individual, there's little a person can do to go against it. Let's look at this. And the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. 
First of all, we find something important here. God is laying claim to his people. Now, this is important because as we read on, you're going to see something. Pharaoh thought the people of Israel belonged to him. God is saying they belong to me. Pharaoh's saying they belong to, to him. Whose people are they really? Well, this morning, that's a good question for all of us to ask. Who do you belong to? Do you belong to the world and taking orders from the world? Or do you belong to God and taking orders from him? God said, let my people go that they may serve me. By the way, that is what a child of God does is serve our king. Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer when he taught the disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're surrendering our will to God as a Christian to be about our Father's business. Do you realize the 144,000 Jews in Revelation, the Bible says, are servants to God? Again, when the church is out of this world, God is never without a witness. And so he's got the 144,000 Jews witnessing for him. You've got the two prophets in the streets of Jerusalem witnessing for him. And you have the angels flying through the midst of heaven, warning the world not to take the mark of the beast. Verse 2. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite your territories with frogs. I think this is interesting to me. I'm going to smite your territory with bombs and artillery and I'm going to come in there with an air force and I'm going to blow your cities up. God says, no, I'm just going to use frogs. You know, I, I think a frog in the hand of God is an awesome weapon. You think about that for a minute. God is on your side. God can use anything to defend you. I often think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego getting ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't worship Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. And, and it was really funny because it really angered Nebuchadnezzar that they wouldn't bow down. I mean, it was a public embarrassment that these three Hebrew children will not worship my statue. What humiliation that these three stand up to, to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the world. And is your God able to deliver you from the fiery furnace? I still to this day love what they said. Whether he delivers us or not, we're not going to worship your stupid statue. I like that. That's boldness that I really believe we as Christians today need. Because we realize when you're in the power of God, even a frog is a weapon. Now, you look at this and realize that you're a child of God. You belong to him. You do not belong to Pharaoh. You do not belong to the God of this world. And when we look at this picture of Egypt and Pharaoh, Egypt, a picture of the old lifestyle before we came to Christ. Pharaoh, the hard taskmaster, which is a picture of Satan. And by the way, he is a hard taskmaster. It says that God is going to bring frogs in the land. Now, we talked about this before, but frogs were worshipped by the Egyptians. In fact, they were so worshipped you couldn't kill one because they were kind of a weird critter. They could live on the land. They could live in the water. They were kind of mystical. And so God says, I'm going to make it so your gods 
are going to infiltrate every aspect of your life. By the way, somebody said one time, you become more like what you worship. If you worship money, expect to become green and wrinkled. So the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, verse 3, which you shall go up, come into your house, into your bedchamber, in your bed, into your houses, into your servants, on your people, into your ovens, and into your kneading bowls. Mmm, delicious frog cookies. Frogs too. (laughs) Yeah, frogs are everywhere. Frogs are us. Come on down today, folks. They are everywhere. There's nowhere to get away from them. I believe by the end of this plague, they never wanted to see another frog, whether it was on top of one of their human-like statues with a frog head, which they worshipped, or in any other way. You know, it's funny that as people will turn to things that would deliver them, they find it doesn't deliver them. You know, if you probably have heard about people who have been diagnosed with terminal cancer, they can be very, very wealthy. Their money that always delivered them through the problems of their life, now as they come to the end of their life, their money, when the doctors look at them and say, there's nothing more we can do for you, it doesn't matter how many millions of dollars you have, it's not going to save you from the ultimate issue of your life, and that's death. People will worship many things through their life only to find in the very end it will bite them, it will destroy them. So he says in verse 4, And the frogs shall come up on you, on your people, and on all your servants. And then the Lord spoke to Moses, Say to Aaron, stretch out your hand, your rod, over the streams, over the rivers, over the ponds, and it shall cause frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand on the waters of Egypt. The frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up the frogs on the land of Egypt. I I think this is so bad here. Because the magicians, you know, they threw their rods and they became uh, snakes or alligators, whatever they were. And, and Aaron's rod ate theirs up. The magicians were always emulating what God was already doing. They could not alleviate the problem. They could only add to the problem. I could just see Pharaoh going, you idiots. We're trying to get rid of the frogs and you're making more of them. Well, this was one of the problems, and they did use their occultic powers. I believe, friends, that sorcery is alive and well on the planet Earth. It doesn't mean it's of God, and a miracle doesn't mean that God is with them. It is spiritual, but it doesn't mean that God is with an individual. Now, the Bible says that the Antichrist, the false prophet, are going to deceive the world through lying signs and wonders. And so people that think a miracle is an approval or, or that which, which is, shows uh, that God is behind them are going to be misled. We know that through the Bible, even, even Jesus said, they'll come in the last day saying, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we heal people in your name? And Jesus will say, go away from me, I never knew you. 
The point is, is that a miracle does not mean that God is operating with them. And I think of the world and how they're set up to be misled through lying signs and wonders. And so the magicians of Egypt brought up frogs too. Well, hey, if you can't fix the problem, get out of here. You're making the problem worse. But that's what the devil always does. The devil always makes the problem worse. And so he says... Pharaoh called for Moses, verse 8. And Aaron said, entreat the Lord, um, uh, Moses and Aaron. And Pharaoh said, entreat the Lord that he may take away the way the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may sacrifice to the Lord. See, he's acting like the people are his. Now remember, the children of Israel were never conquered by Egypt. The children of Israel never lost their land to Egypt, and thus they were assimilated into the Egyptian empire. They came by invite from, we remember Joseph interpreting Pharaoh's dream, and Pharaoh was so overwhelmed by the wisdom of God and Joseph. He said, bring your family down. We'll let them live in Goshen. It's the prime, you know, it's the Beverly Hills of, of, of Egypt. It's the very best. You come down, move your family down there and you just have a good time. 400 years go by. Uh, the Bible says a Pharaoh grew up that did not remember all the things that Joseph had did for the land of Egypt and enslaved them and they became their servants. And so it says here that um, he was really sick of the frogs. And so he says, ask the Lord or entreat the Lord, uh, make intercession for me. And Moses said to Pharaoh, verse 9, accept the honor of the saying which I shall intercede for you, for your servants and for your people to destroy the frogs from you and your houses that they may remain in the river only. And so he said, tomorrow. Thus you have another night with the frogs. He said, tomorrow, come back tomorrow. And he said, let it be according to your word that you may know that there is no one like the Lord, our God. And the frogs shall depart from you, from your houses, from your servants, from your people, and shall remain in the river only. Then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And so the Lord did according to the word of Moses... And the frogs died out of the houses and the courtyards and out of the fields. And they gathered them up in heaps and the land stank. They wanted their little frog gods and now their frogs are a stinky god. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed them as the, as the Lord had said literally that he would. Verse 16. So the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the earth that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now, I think this is interesting because I think probably Pharaoh thought, hey, I got away with it. This time you don't find Moses and Aaron going to 
Pharaoh concerning the next plague. He just said, oh, he's going to shine us on. Bang. Then you get this one. And so he did so. Aaron stretched out his hand, his rod, and struck the dust of the earth. And it became like lice on a man, beast. And the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. By the way, rendering the priests of Egypt unclean so they could not sacrifice to their gods. Uh, when you're covered with bugs, you don't go in before your God and say, Hey, you know, I'm covered with bugs. Uh, let, let's do something here. So God is really not only attacking the gods of Egypt, but he's also attacking the priests of Egypt in that he's rendering them incapable of interceding for the people of Egypt. And now it was the, so, so he goes on and he says here, um, the lice was throughout all the land of Egypt. Now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, lice, but they could not. So there were lice on man and on beast. And the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart grew hard. He did not heed them, just as the Lord said. It's funny that people will reject God in the many callings of God. It's funny that sometimes people will cry out to God when they have a problem in their life. Oh God, I'll serve you. If you get me through this scrape, I'll I'll come and I'll serve you and I'll do all kinds of neat things for you and I'll, I'll turn my life around. And so God delivers them, but like Pharaoh, they change their mind. They have a change of heart and they say, nah, I'm all right now. I don't need you, God. But the hits just keep on coming. Well, that's what happens here. Now they're hit with lice that covers everything. The Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water, and say to him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Now again, I like this because God, even though Pharaoh thinks they belong to him, God says, No, they belong to me. Never forget, you belong to God. You might feel like you belong to the bank. You might feel like you belong to the credit card company. Listen, you belong to God. And I think that's really important. Always remember who's your daddy. Because if you forget who you are, you will then be misled by someone you're not. And I really believe that, again, when we look at this story, God, even though... Now, you've got to remember something. In the land of Israel, in the people of Israel... Not everyone was serving him. Not everyone was serving him 100%. But God still called him his people. You know, there's a lot of times when all of us in our lives, in our relationship with God, we don't serve God 100%. But we still belong to God. And I just want to encourage you to remember that because you belong to God, God's favor is upon you. And because God's favor is upon you, and He is your dad, and because He's your dad, as any father here will correct their child when they get out of line, your daddy in heaven will bring you back if you're willing to receive the chastisement of the Lord. The Bible says if we are not chastised by God, we are illegitimate. That means we don't have a dad. But because we have a God in heaven who loves us, God will in some way bring us back around to serving him. You know, a lot of times people say, well, 
How does God do that? I don't know. God has a lot of different ways of bringing us, getting our attention back to him. Now, it's funny. The Bible said it's the goodness of God that causes a man to repent. Think about that for a minute. The goodness of God. I remember reading about a guy who was a very well-known athlete. And he said that he said he he knew about God, but he said he looked at his life, the money that he made, the wife that he had, the baby that he just had. And I remember this statement he made. He said, he said, I looked at all this and I knew I had to thank someone for it. It didn't just come by accident that I had a great job, that I had a beautiful wife, that I had a baby that was healthy. He said, I knew it had to be at the hand of something, and I sought to know who God was. The goodness of God causes a person to repent. And when he began to say those things, I thought, how is it, God, that you do those things? You put in our heart a a willingness to say thank you. And I I believe even our forefathers, when we have Thanksgiving season uh, uh, here in a few more months, um, that there was something within the heart of man that wanted to say thank you to God. I believe God has ways of bringing us back into his purpose and bringing us back into his, his, his idea and the best for us. So he rose up early and went and did just as he said, let my people go that they may serve me. Or else, if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you, your servants, on your people, in your houses, in the houses of the Egyptians, shall be full of swarms of flies, also on the ground on which they stand. And in that day I will set apart the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that they will be no swarms of flies there, in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. He's saying, look, they're going to be on you, but they ain't going to be on them. So that you will know who really controls the show. Man, I'll tell you, when you think you're God, and now all of a sudden stuff like this is happening, and, and you realize you're not God, this really, really, you know, attacks a person's ego. You need to go to some of those self-help classes, and, and I am cool, I am cool, you know, kind of thing. Because poor old Pharaoh now is really slipping away. See, he thought he was God. Everything that he would say would happen. Now everything he say isn't happening. It's funny how God gets a person's attention. You know, it's funny how a person can go through life without God, thinking they're wheeling and dealing. I'm the winner. I'm the man that's in control. Don't talk about my future. Don't talk about my soul. Well, and then all of a sudden things start going wonky in a person's life. And all of a sudden they realize that, you know, maybe, maybe I, I don't have everything by the tail as I thought. Well, this is what's happening to Pharaoh right now. Now, that leaves a person into two places. One, either repentance or two, harden your heart. And this is what, where Pharaoh goes sideways. He hardens his heart. 
And so I will make a difference between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign shall be. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed this as we're reading along. The succession of these plagues is relatively close. In other words, it wasn't over periods of years that this stuff was going on. It was a period of just a few days. You know, the hits just keep on coming. And so he says, I'll make a difference between my people and your people Tomorrow, this sign will be. And the Lord did so. Thick swarms of flies came into the house of Pharaoh, into his servants' houses, all the land of Egypt. And the land was corrupted because of the swarms of flies. You know, they are disgusting. Have you ever, have you ever seen those really cool salt guns? They're called assault guns for flies. And you put regular table salt in them. You know, the little crystals of salt, and you cock it, and you aim it at a fly, and it just kills it. It's really, they're neat. I I, I like those things. I, I just, I don't think you can do enough bad things to flies. They just, uh, uh, but anyway, um, they were everywhere. Infiltrating. Now, again, you got to remember, they spread disease. They do all kinds of crazy things. I heard a story about a guy that was walking to, he was going to catch the bus. Uh, this was like down in Georgia. And he was on his way, and he said he was walking along. And he said a fly got in his eye, and he, and he wiped it out, got it out. Well, about a week or so later, he started having all kinds of eye problems. And what had happened, that fly laid eggs in his eye. And they went inside of his eye, inside of the the water, inside of the eye, and, and began to do all these things. And he went to the doctor, and this one doctor just happened to have heard about this, and he knew what to do. And the the uh, eye of this um, uh, young boy... Uh, was saved. Flies bring disease everywhere. In fact, some people say if something, a fly lands on your food, don't eat it. You don't know where it's been. Well, here's the problem. They were everywhere. Now, some people think that they, this could also be referencing some biting, stinging kind of thing or a mosquito. I don't know. I just use the word fly here because that's what the Bible says. And I'll use that. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.